from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Today was all about how they discovered the final victim and in his body, that's Kenneth Roden. And it included a tense confrontation between Kenneth Roden's son and the man on trial and accused of taking part in the murder of his father six years ago. You were going over there to tell him what happened. Correct, yeah. We went inside, then that's when we found out that he was deceased. What were your thoughts about the Wagners? My thoughts about the Wagners? I just hope they get everything comes to them. This is the Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County. Season 4, Episode 5, Morning at the Church. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. Stephanie and I are currently in Pike County. All right, so here we are. We're at the courthouse in Waverly. The courthouse is not as busy as it was when court proceedings began. Now, it's mostly media and the victim's family members. It's important to note that George Wagner IV, currently on trial, has pleaded not guilty and has maintained he did not kill anyone. His father, Billy Wagner, whose trial is upcoming, has also pleaded not guilty to all charges. Today's testimony centered around the events leading up to the discovery of Kenneth Roden's body. He was found by his cousin Donald Stone and was the last of the victims to be discovered. Here's Donald on the stand. How do you know Kenneth Roden? He's my cousin. His mother and my father was brothers and sisters. 
Some cousins are close, some aren't. Would you consider yourself to have been close to Kenneth? Real close. Okay. And tell us about that. Just, you know, any time that I was down and out, the man was there to help me. Their mother fed me when I was young, and they're just helpful people. Donald Stone is understandably emotional in the witness chair. How did you learn that something had happened up on Union Hill Road? Well, I was at a HUD appointment that morning. I had uh, talked to a gentleman while I was there, and he asked me if I heard what happened on Union Hill. And I got word that there were some people meeting at a church. So you went to the church on Union Hill Road, and who all was there? It's just there was a lot of people there, family. I mean, there is a lot of people there. Okay. At what point did you learn how many had been killed on Union Hill Road? Actually, I hadn't known at the time how many there were for sure. You indicated that you tried to call Kenneth that one time, and that was from your home after that appointment? Yes. Okay. Did you personally ever try to call Kenneth after yeah. that? Yes. Okay. Well, it was, when I made, tried to make the phone calls, I did try to call him once. And while you were at the church, did there become some concerns about Kenneth not responding to phone calls? Yeah. Okay. And can you tell us, did you decide to go um, to Kenneth at some point? Yeah, well, uh, we was at the church, and Luke mentioned that he wanted to go to his dad's place. And he asked me if I wanted to go, and we went. Here's Stephanie and I speaking about the testimony thus far. It's pretty powerful to be there. I also didn't realize that Donald Stone was not alone when he discovered Kenneth's body. I didn't realize Kenneth's son, Luke, was also present. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that either until today. How painful that must have been. Next, Angie Canepa begins the difficult process of walking the cousins through the discovery of Kenneth Roden's body. Here again, Donald Stone. We got there, we got out of the car. We walked up to the door, me and Luke. And once we got to the door, I told him, I said, this is your dad's place, you need to go in first. We walked into the, supposedly the living room and I noticed to the right, I didn't see him in there nowhere. So I seen a stairway to the right and I walked up the stairway and that's where I found him up there in his bed. And when you say you found him? I found Kenny. Can you tell us what condition you found him in? He had blood all over his eyes. And where was he located? In his bed. Okay. He was dead. Was it just you that walked up those stairs and saw Kenneth? Yes. Okay. It was significant just being in the courtroom and being close to family members. Kenneth Roden is one of the victims that we really have known the least about. We know that he's a father, we know that he lived by himself, and that he was extremely close with Chris Sr. Seeing these crime scene photos, 
it was pretty excruciating. I believe what struck me so much in the courtroom is, it's cliche, but how very different it is seeing these actual photos versus anything you see when you watch TV or a movie. Just the stark lack of life in these photos was so impactful and felt so permanent. We were sitting just feet away from Kenneth's family members, and for them, I cannot imagine how excruciating it was for them to have to see that. And imagine being Luke. This is his father. He had to see his father's body. And this was a violent crime. So the trauma that they've been through, just seeing a dead body, let alone of somebody you love so deeply, and for them to have to get up there and relive it step by step by step, the bravery it took, I don't know that I would be able to find that level of courage. Because Donald Stone identified the body, Kanepa had no choice but to have him relive the traumatic events through crime scene photos. Showing you what's been marked as D-180. Do you recognize that photo? Yes. And can you tell us what you recognize that as? It's He breaks down here and grabs more tissues. Kanepa, knowing this is horrible, prefaces each question with an apology. Sorry. And is that how you saw Kenneth lying in his bed when you entered that residence? Yes. Mr. Stone, can you look at that? I'm sorry. What do you recognize that as? Skinny. And is that how you saw him on that day? Yes. And you indicated that he had... Does that match your recollection of the blood that you saw him? Yes. Okay. Here's James Pilcher, longtime investigative reporter in Cincinnati, now with Local 12. Everybody knows in Pike County how these people died. I would say they are trying to shock the jury at this point with the violence of it, for sure, because they show the pictures of people dead in their beds or on the floor time and time and time again. The trial is reopening wounds that may have only just begun to heal. Traveling with us is investigative journalist Jeff Winkler, who you'll remember from previous seasons. It was his article about the Roden family that first piqued our interest in the case. He's joined us for several trips to Pike County over the years. I think that's the weirdest thing is going into the courthouse as the trial is going, starting for George, and the family's still there, still grieving, still having the same kind of grief and trauma, and seeing the family having to just basically stuck in time of pain. Can you imagine, though, the level of grief and despair, even just to have to sit there and look at these photos, which I might add were pretty graphic, and we've never actually seen those before? I think that's what struck me walking in there today was just the it's been six years, you know? Yeah. And so you've got the core warners and the core folks in the, in the middle of the trauma, mm-hmm. and everyone else is gone. 
I thought it was also interesting to finally see the matriarch of the Roden family. She's Chris Sr.'s mother and the grandmother, therefore, of Hannah Mae Roden, Chris Jr. Roden, Frankie Roden, and I believe then her grandson would also be Luke. Chris and Kenneth were her sons, which, yes, would make Luke her grandson. I was so sad for Geneva Roden because I looked over at one point and there were just some horrific crime scene photos being shown. Here's reporter Anjanette Levy, who was also present in the courtroom. And Geneva Roden uh, was consoling her daughters who were sobbing. She was sobbing. They were kind of consoling one another and just understandably falling apart, having to see photos of their loved ones murdered in what is just an unbelievable amount of blood in some instances. Meanwhile, Kenneth Roden's son Luke had also caught wind of the murders on the morning of April 22nd, 2016. Here he is, testifying. My mom came into my bedroom and said that I needed to get up, and Chris and everybody got out there shot up on the hill. Luke Roden is an imposing man with a beard and short brown hair. He wears a blue shirt. Luke is poised and speaks in a very matter-of-fact manner. As news spread around town of the murders, Luke tried to make his way to his uncle Chris Sr.'s house, but police had already cordoned off the road. And then do you know how you knew to go to the church? Somebody came out and let us know to, that they were all meeting over at the church. While you were trying to get through there? Right. They informed you to go to the church? Right. The people were gathering at the church? Okay. Yeah. Luke found Donald Stone, his father's cousin and best friend at the church. During this time, do you make any attempts to contact your father? Yes, I uh, tried to contact him about a dozen times. Never received anything back from him. Okay. Is that normal? No. Okay. At that point, <laughs> do you get concerned? Yes, I do. Here again, James Pilcher. Both of them talked about the chaos and all of the things that were happening when they didn't know where Ken was, they couldn't get in touch with him. The prosecution even showed a picture of the cell phone that Ken would put in his window to try to get reception. And you went down to your dad's. What, what did you do when you got there? I seen his truck still in the driveway, so I got out. Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa shows Luke and the jury various exterior photos of Kenneth's property. There is an abandoned boat on one side of the driveway entrance. Nestled back in the woods are two trailers and an outbuilding. It's April, so there are no leaves on the trees, but you can imagine it's pretty secluded once things are in bloom. Canepa spends nearly 30 minutes dissecting each photo for the jury. Reporter James Pilcher noted the level of detail on the part of the prosecution. I don't mean this as a criticism towards the prosecution because they got to do what they got to do. But this is going extremely, extremely slowly. It feels like they're trying to kill a gnat with a 10-pound sledgehammer. They're pulling out every single piece of evidence they have. 
for every single possible question that could come up. This trial has slowed to a snail's pace. On cross-examination, the defense questions Luke Roden about a local whose name we have heard come up in our investigation. Big Money Mike. Can you tell us who Big Money Mike is? Couldn't tell you. I, I've heard his name, but couldn't tell you who he is. Okay. Uh, you've heard his name from who? Yeah. From who? I didn't hear about it until everything happened. Okay. So I couldn't... Okay. Stephanie and Jeff. In Luke Roden's testimony, he made it clear that he hadn't heard the name Big Money Mike until after the murders and didn't know how it related to his family members being murdered. I'm curious where the prosecution is leading to because it's come up now twice. We started doing our own digging about Big Money Mike, and we have to assume that that stands for Michael Moran. He is the attorney that has since died that we covered pretty extensively in season two, and he had a very checkered past. Maybe that's him, but again, we don't know for sure. This is just another example of the prosecution building a narrative that we're not totally sure where it will lead until they rest. Angie Canepa asked Luke about what happened after he and Donald Stone entered his father's home. Donald, he stepped up in there and looked, and he uh, ran past me and told me to get out. Like, he'd been shot. He told you he had been shot? He said blood all over his face. Okay. When you were inside of your dad's home, did you step up at all into his bedroom? I don't believe I stepped up in his bedroom. I may have stepped on the step right there, maybe. Okay. But I, no, I don't believe I stepped into his bedroom. Okay. Were you able to see any part of him from where you were? I was able to see his leg and the top of his head. And the blanket uh, was actually placed, like it has been placed on him. Okay. So there was a blanket on him? Right. Okay. Were you able to see his face at that time at all? No, I just see his forehead and his hair. At this point, Kanepa asked Luke about the money that was found on Kenneth's body. I seen probably, I don't know how much, but like a few ones and fives and stuff like that, some money, paper money. And uh, his pants was laying there beside it. Here's Stephanie and Jeff Winkler. We always sort of had heard that he had, almost like there was money thrown all over his body. Yeah. yeah. It was a rolled up dollar bill and some change. That's all it was. There wasn't, there wasn't money lying everywhere. We always maybe thought that was such an interesting crime scene and very different than the others. And maybe that was a way of making it look like a hit or make it look like the cartel had done it. It was a good reminder that in those first you know, first 48 hours or whatever of, of just pure speculation, that's hard enough to beat. But then the little bits of, of fantasy hitch on for a ride and, and don't let go. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. For most of the morning, George Wagner IV sits motionless, looking down. This is true especially during Donald Stone's emotional testimony. George Wagner finally makes eye contact when questions turn to his family. Luke only had brief interactions with the Wagners over the years, but one with Billy stuck out in his memory. I was out at his property one time. It was the one that pretty far off the grid and my dad and Chris loaning the backhoe to, for him to do something and backhoe wouldn't start so he got a hold of my dad and Chris they brought out some tarps and space heater and all that to get the backhoe warmed up to in order to get it started I was standing there on the trailer and uh, he was standing beside me Looked at me and said, you see those two people? He said, they're some really good people. He said, but if I ever had to fuck with them, that they had to shoot them. If they ever had to what? Mess with them. If he had to tussle with them, whatever, that he'd have to shoot them. Did he explain why that was? Or did he say anything more? No. That was it. But he was telling you that they were really great people. Yeah. First. Right. Okay. At the end of his testimony, Luke was asked to point out George by both the prosecution and the defense. 
Mr. Brayman, is George Biden present in the courtroom today? Yes. If so, can you point to where he is sitting and describe for us what he's wearing? Right there. This is the last one. Okay, he hasn't changed appearance-wise at all? Yes, he has. How is that? Weight-wise. Right. He was much larger when you last saw him, right? Yes. Here again, Stephanie. I was struck just by seeing George Wagner in person, having never seen him before in person. He was slighter than I imagined him being. He's got, got a little bald going on, you know? Boots are shined, just kind of looks regular, which is not what you, you know, they're supposed to have some sort of like dark glow around them, right? Media covering the trial immediately latched on to the story Luke had told about his interaction with Billy Wagner. The son of one of the Pike County massacre victims testified. Billy Wagner threatened the Roden family four or five years before the actual shootings. Luke said that while his dad and uncle were doing a good deed for Billy Wagner, Billy told Luke that a dust-up between the three of them would not end well. After Kanepa's well-planned line of questioning of Luke Roden, George's defense attorney has very little to add. He rests within minutes. Here again, James Pilcher. Clearly, they're cutting off any opportunity for the defense to ask, well, why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Now, the defense is still trying to find its way to do that. The final witness of the day illustrates the prosecution strategy perfectly. Brett Hatfield was a friend and co-worker of Kenneth Roden's. He opts out of media coverage, but we were there to follow his testimony. Brett Hatfield worked in Columbus at the same company as Kenneth. So the pair very often carpooled together. However, on the morning of April 22nd, 2016, they didn't. And when Hatfield arrived at Kenneth's home, probably around 4 a.m. the morning of April 22nd, he said there were no lights on and that Kenneth didn't come to the door as he normally did. It turns out that the day before, Hatfield said that Kenneth had been complaining of high blood pressure, a condition that Luke explained sometimes made him sick and could cause him to miss work. So despite Kenneth's car being in the lot, Hatfield assumed that maybe somebody picked him up and took him to the hospital, so he just left. James Pilcher. He came and saw Kenneth all the time, so you put him up on the stand. They're going incrementally, chronologically, and I think they're feeling their way as they go through this trial to let the jury know we took every step to interview everybody we could. Legal analyst Mike Allen, who's speaking with Jeff, agrees. It just tells the story. Here, this poor guy, you know, he wants to pick up his buddy to drive to Columbus to go to work, but he's not there. That, that's something that's pretty strong. And I know the prosecution wanted the jury to hear that. Yeah, it, it definitely paints a picture. And that's what they need to do. That's what they're doing. Hours after Hatfield left Kenneth Roden's trailer that morning, a member of the Roden family called to tell him about the murders. Hatfield immediately left work in Columbus and returned to Piketon. Here's Luke Roden. Did he arrive at some point? Yes, he did. Uh, whenever we were sitting there waiting on the cops to come and all that, he showed up on his four-wheeler and 
just did like a scam over my dad's property behind his trailer and stuff like that. Okay. And do you know what he was looking for at the time? Cameras, seeing if uh, the cameras were still around to see if there was any footage, more or less. Okay. Many of the cameras were missing. The prosecution asked him about Kenneth's dog, Brownie. Earlier in the day, both Luke Roden and Donald Stone testified the dog was inside the trailer when they arrived. But Hatfield adds a very telling detail about the dog. Here again, Stephanie and Jeff. Interesting about Brownie is that Hatfield says the dog would bite anybody, didn't matter who you were, unless you called the dog by name. And that's interesting because it was reported that the Wagners didn't have any dog bites on them whatsoever. So why didn't Brownie attack? So Steph, that says to me that it seems pretty likely that whoever was there that night must have known the dog by name. And keep in mind that we have heard from numerous people that many of the rodent properties had dogs like this on them. So that would be indicative that whoever was at all of these crime scenes knew all of the dogs in theory. Hatfield added yet another chilling detail to the timeline of April 22nd, 2016. He said that when he found out about the murders, he tried calling everyone in the Roden family. He even sent a DM to Hannah May on social media, who, as we know, was tragically already dead. Hadfield said that he never got a response, but he did get a notification that the message was read. So what does that mean? I would imagine after the murder, the killers were probably cleaning up or figuring out what to do, and her phone was pinging, and to silence it, maybe they looked at it or opened the text messages and shut it down. All we know is that Hatfield sent a message after she was already murdered and somebody read that message and it could not have been Hannah Mae Roden. We know that it's come up that Jake Wagner took several phones from the crime scenes and allegedly destroyed them the next day. Is this one of those phones? And think about this. Can you imagine being Jake Wagner and you're literally reading a text on the phone of the mother of your baby who you just murdered and you have enough wherewithal to potentially check her phone and read her texts? With the trial underway, the Roden family is inching towards closure, but not before some wounds are reopened for all the world to see. Let's stop here for another break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favourite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. After court adjourned for the day, Luke was interviewed on the courthouse steps. Luke, what was it like to be on the witness stand today? Nerve-wracking. Seeing the photos and stuff, bringing the past up and everything is really hard on my mental state. And Geneva's your grandmother, right? Correct. Talk about how this has affected her. We've seen her crying for her. Just talk about her and the whole family, how this has affected her. She went through a lot. And I wish she had never had to go through any of this. She's lost one of her uh, children at a young age, and, and now she's dealing with all her other children and her grandchildren murdered. And uh, I think everything's getting closer to the end. I I'm, can't wait till it's over, really, so the rest of our family can get on with our lives. And I can't imagine. Can you even put it into words what it was like? Worst nightmare, living in hell, really. What are your thoughts about the Wagners? My thoughts about the Wagners? I just hope they get everything comes to them. When you examined that hat, did you find uh, what you believe to be uh, a bullet hole in the back of it? Yes. Both sides agreed that traces of Gary Roden's blood were found on the doorknob, but not of the Wagners. That seemed to make the case for the defense. None of the evidence collected or examined with respect to that scene contained any DNA that was linked to George Wagner, this defendant, Jake Wagner, Angela Wagner, or Billy Wagner. When are they all going to tie this together? When are they going to point to George being part of this conspiracy? Because none of the physical evidence presented so far tied any of the Wagners to any of these crime scenes. I can tell you the prosecutors are telling us behind the scenes it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, that we're all going to tie it together. We're starting to see threads of it, but... More on that next time. For more information on the case and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Pikes and Massacre is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Scott DeGraw, Andrew Arnau, and me, 
Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Jared Astin. The Piketon Massacre is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Please welcome our Pike County Dogwood Festival Queen. Lord, I just thank you for bringing us all together as a community. Who could have killed eight family members in one night? I lost my best friend, and I will never be the same because of that day. Four crime scenes, no DNA, no witnesses. The killer left those children laying in their mother's blood. The word that comes to mind is overkill. Who was the mastermind? I'm telling you, if they frame us, I'm not sitting in prison. One thing I learned, the smaller the town, the bigger the secrets. Be sure to watch our upcoming documentary, The Pike County Murders of Family Massacre, premiering on NBC Universal's Oxygen Network and also streaming on Peacock this Thanksgiving Day weekend, November 24th and November 25th. Please check your local listings, and our hearts are with the Rodins and the Gilly families. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.